I've done what I've could, what you've called me to do, to prepare them, to bring them to a, a place of brokenness and aware, awareness of who they are. And now I give them to you. Now you take them. You save them. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. With emphasis, John the Baptist told the Jewish leaders who he was not. He did not come to focus attention on himself because he was not the Messiah. His job was to point to the Messiah. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 3, the prophet wrote, The voice of one crying in the woods, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The prophet Isaiah was referring to John the Baptist who fulfilled this prophecy. His ministry was one of preparing the way for Jesus Christ and to carry the message of repentance for sin. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's lesson. But this morning, let's open our Bibles to John's Gospel. John's Gospel. You remember that the main theme of John's Gospel is toward the end of the Gospel in chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, specifically verse 31. It says, But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. And that's really the, the desire of, of the Lord, is that you would believe in him. Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to salvation. In fact, he is salvation. There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved than by the name of Jesus Christ. And it's so important that we all receive him. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again and know for sure that you're born again. If there's any doubt in your heart today whether you are truly one of God's children, just ask him and and continually be in prayer. And you know what? One of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is he will confirm in your own heart whether you are a child of God or not. It doesn't mean that your life is going to be void of problems and complications and fears and stresses and sin still. It doesn't mean that. But to know that you know that you are a child of God, so important in the days we live in, to have that assurance of salvation, the Bible teaches it. You can be assured of your salvation, because remember, it's not about a work that I do or that you do. It's something that God does. It's a promise that he makes, and he cannot lie, and he will not lie to you. So be encouraged in that. Receive the gift of salvation and walk in it. Abide in it. And you abide in it by being in his word. You abide in it by being in prayer, thinking of, you know, and and speaking to the Lord all throughout the day. You know, you don't have to speak words out loud. If you do that, people will think you're crazy. 
but that's okay. People do it now. They have those little AirPods in their ear. They got one of them in their ear, and they're walking around, and they're talking, and you're like, is there something wrong? Oh, oh. then, then you see it, and you're oh, okay, now I, I get it, right? So maybe just join the fray. Maybe put an AirPod in your ear, and then just so, Lord, I just thank you for this day, and I thank you for this gentleman over here who's staring at me, thinking that I'm, I've lost my mind. Lord, save his soul. <laughs> You know, something to consider. But the theme is that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. There was a gentleman by the name of Ian Thomas who, was, who gave a message back at the Moody Bible Institute many years ago. And he said this about Jesus in the Gospel of John. He said, he, Jesus, had to come as he came, meaning born of a virgin, in order to be what he was, a perfect man inhabited by God. He had to be what he was in order to do what he did. He died to redeem us, and he had to do what he did so that we might have what he has, his life, life eternal, all that we lost in Adam. And we have to have what he has in order to be what he was. Perfect, man inhabited by God. I like that. He had to be those things in order that we might have the righteousness of God. He did it for us. Let's read um, John uh, verses 19 through 34. Let me just read them to you and follow along in your Bible. It says, Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. And then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to, to loose. And these things were done in Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. And I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And notice how he ends this section. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. That's the testimony of John the Baptist. Now, as we go through this this morning, we know that we're reading the Gospel of John. Don't get confused. John the Apostle from John the Baptist. Two separate men. And, um, but as we look at John the Baptist's ministry here, we have to understand that he was really a herald. A herald. Meaning, in history, a herald would go out before the arrival of a king or a monarch. 
You've seen them. He comes out maybe with a, with a trumpet or he comes out with a scroll and hear ye, hear ye. And then everybody would know that a message, a proclamation from the king was coming forth. And sometimes they were ambassadors, but they spoke on the behalf of the sovereign that they served under. And John the Baptist was such a person. He was a herald going before the great king of kings and the Lord of lords, our Savior Jesus Christ. That's who John was. And again, I love the credibility of this because we know that John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, Because John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, she was a Levite. And her husband, Zacharias, we read about that in in Luke chapter 1, which we'll see in a few moments. But John was a cousin of Jesus. And so he knew John. And John knew him. We don't know exactly how much they knew each other, but they certainly knew each other enough. And what great credibility that this man, John the Baptist, would go and allow his head to be literally severed from his body, believing in this cousin of his. Wouldn't he know if, if Jesus was ever uh, sin, had sin in his life? As they grew up together and maybe interfaced at different times, wouldn't John know? Wouldn't the wheels be spinning in his mind? Because if at any time Jesus was any different, John would say, I'm not dying for this man because he is not perfect. We know that the Messiah who's coming is perfect, and this man is not perfect, if indeed he did sin, but he did not. The Bible says that he was without sin. He was tempted in all points as you and I were, yet without sin. That includes from the moment he was born and all those teenage years that, we, that the, the Scripture doesn't say anything about. Jesus was perfect, and John witnessed to that. He bore witness to that. That's a great, great credibility of who he said Jesus is. He is God in the flesh. And that's what we talked about last week. I love what it says in Romans 5, verse 7. It says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one, will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone will, would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus died for us, and John was even willing to die for Jesus. He was willing to die. And John dying for Jesus, to me, makes sense because the lesser died for the greater. That seems like the right thing to do. But Jesus dying for sinful man, that doesn't make sense, does it? The holy for the unholy, you and I. But see, that is the mystery of the gospel. That God, who is without sin, would die for me and, and die for you. That doesn't make sense, does it? It would make sense for me to die for him. Even though I can't atone for anything because he's sinless. It's not I'm atoning for anything, but it makes sense for me to die for someone who is like God. But God says, you know what? That's what religion does. Religion says, I'm going to lay down my life so that I can earn my way. And God says, oh, no. I'm going to do everything. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive that truth that he died for us, not us for him. But yet we are called to die daily, aren't we? To die to ourselves, to put the old man to death. This old nature, these old deeds that we, that we participate in. The Bible has lists of those things in Paul's letters. Fornication, adultery, and hatred, and variance, and emulations. All these really cool words. But it's a nasty list, and that is the flesh. But the news, the good news of the gospel. 
Let's go back to verse 19. It says, now this is the testimony of John. Now again, this is John the Baptist, not John the Apostle, the author of this, this gospel. It's John the Baptist. And notice, and John was the son, like I said before, of Zacharias and Elizabeth. They were both Levites. So Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. We're just going to look at a couple of things here. In Luke chapter 1, since we are talking about John the Baptist, let's look at his beginning and let's look at the miraculous thing, the miraculous prophecy that was spoken concerning him by the angel Gabriel, his purpose for coming to the earth. Notice in verse 5 of Luke 1, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. And so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. And then in verse 11 it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear, bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, but he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will take away, or excuse me, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And here's verse 17. He will also go before him in the spirit and power, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, what's interesting about this proclamation is that it gives us, really, the role of John the Baptist coming into the earth. Just as John had a purpose coming into this earth, do you know that God has a plan for your life, too? Have you discovered what that is? Are you curious of what it is? But notice that he will go before him. John the Baptist will go before Jesus, notice, in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He's not Elijah reincarnated or anything like that. He's coming in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And in verse 76 of that same chapter, Zacharias was prophesying and he said this concerning his son. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. To prepare his ways. Our hearts need to be prepared. They need to be open and ready. And that's what John did. He prepared a people so that literally he could hand the package off, the church, he could hand them off and say, Jesus, here is, you know, here's your bride. I've done what I've could, what you've called me to do, to prepare them, to bring them to a, a place of brokenness and aware, awareness of who they are. 
And now I give them to you. Now you take them. You save them. And that was John's role. And notice in verse 80 of that same chapter, it says, So the child, John, grew and became strong in spirit, was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. So he was in the deserts. He was a Levite, and yet he chose to, either by, by uh, the, the, the unction from the Spirit of God, to be out in the deserts as God was preparing him. God was preparing him in a place of solitude, in a place of obscurity, away from the limelight, away from the crowds and the people, even away from his responsibility, if you will, of being a Levite and following in his father's footsteps. That would be the normal role for a a son like John. But God often does his greatest work in seclusion. And the greater the work, the greater the preparation. We know this when we look at Moses' life. Remember, Moses was in Pharaoh's house. He was born in Egypt. And he was in Pharaoh's house with the the, the finest education for 40 years. And then finally, remember one day when he was around 40 years of age, he sees an Egyptian fighting with one of his own people, the, the Jews. And he gets angry because the Egyptian was whipping the Hebrew servant. And so Moses rises up, kills the Egyptian, buries him in the sand, and then finds out that he... His deed has been made aware of, so he flees to Midian, where he meets a man by the name of Ruel, or we might call him uh, Jethro. And Jethro had a daughter named Zipporah. And he married her, and he took care of Jethro's sheep there in Midian, which is modern-day Saudi Arabia in that area. For 40 years, he followed those sheep around in the desert, until one day he went to the backside of the desert, where he had the encounter with God. But it was an obscurity. He was away from everything. In fact, all of his upbringing in Egypt, you know, he had the finest of everything. He was, had the silver spoon in his mouth, so to speak. And God says, I've got to get Egypt out of you before I can really use you. I've got things I've got to do in your heart, Moses. And it's interesting that at 80 years old, the Lord appears to him in that bush and says, go deliver my people. And remember, he argued with the Lord. <laughs> Lord, I can't speak. I don't have a, a swift tongue. I, you know, all of his confidence had been stripped away. I'm sure when he was 40, living in Egypt and being the second in command, an heir to the throne, if you will, he's thinking to himself, I've got it all made, and I can speak fluently in several languages, perhaps. I've got all this going for me. Pretty uh, confident guy. And God says, I've got to take you out into the desert to prepare you. I need to get Egypt out of you so I can send you back to deliver my people. It's interesting, isn't it? God would do the same thing with John the Baptist, living in the deserts until the day of his manifestation to Israel. What was God doing in his life out there, I wonder? Stripping him of all of his confidence, giving him a holy zeal, God had to change him first before he could be an agent of change for others. Because John was a firebrand. John the Baptist was one of these fiery prophets. Wild looking. Wore camel's hair. He had a leather belt like like a prophet did. His hair is probably all messed up. And it says that he ate locusts and wild honey. So he's probably got these little legs of stuff, you know, in his beard, you know. And it's kind of, you know, a little bit moist and kind of, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. 
but he had to prepare him. But like John, God has a plan for your life. Again, do you know what it is? It was prophesied what John was supposed to do. There's nothing in the scripture for me as far as specifically what I was supposed to do. Because the Bible would be very thick if it encouraged, all, you know, if it had all of our, the will of God for each of us. But you know what? God will reveal that to you if you desire to know it. One of the great things that I wanted to know as I became a believer in Christ is I really wanted to know the will of God for my life. I'm like, Lord, if you have truly saved me and, and you've preserved me and you've, you've kept me alive this time, at this time and you saved my soul, I owe you everything. What can I do? I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. And I certainly tried to make things happen, and I messed them up. God has a wonderful way of guiding, but I really sincerely desire to know the will of God. And folks, can I tell you, I, I'm going to be honest with you about this, for, because it happened in my life. I tried to make something happen because I thought that, you know, I, I, wanted, I felt like I, it was all up to me. And for, you know, a handful of years, I, I did that. And finally, I just gave up. And, and, you know, from Pastor Jeff's exhortation to me as well, as well as reading the Word, I got to the point where I'm like, Lord, this is your business. I don't know how to get from point A to point B. Because what happens in the middle is your business. I don't know how to get there. And the fact that I'm standing before you today is a mystery to me because it wasn't something that I had planned. God was working. He's meandering in my life, and I had no idea had no clue. I didn't even want to do this. But God is the one who calls us. And as we go along, and if we desire to know his will, trust me, if you want to know his will, pray about it, and it's up to him to do the rest. You don't have to stress and fight and kick. You don't have to worry. Just walk each day, and the opportunities will present themselves. Trust me, they will. It's up to him. You cannot do it yourself. So don't try. Just pray and trust him. And walk with him every single day of your life. And be open. And even if you make a mistake, he's able to get you back on the path again. Do you believe that? I believe that. And I'm testimony. I'm a testimony of that. And many of you are too. But do you want to know what it is? Pray. Seek him. Find out what it is. Just like John. God had a plan for him. He's got a plan for you. Don't look for the glamorous things. Seek to do the little things. Be faithful in the little things, and the Lord will reward you with the greater things. And John, he could have had a career in serving the temple. It would have been a very easy thing for him to do. He just kind of falls in line with what all of his other brothers would do. And it's a good thing. It was a wonderful thing. But God had a plan for him that was different from his other brothers. God does that. He's very, he's very unlike the cookie-cutter thing. Don't ever be a cookie-cutter Christian. You are unique and individual, and you're special in God's eyes. He loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want to make another someone like you. No, he made you, and he broke the mold. And he's very comfortable with that. He's like, I don't need a fancy speaker. I don't need somebody who's got all this and all that. I've called you to do this. Yes, you're not qualified. Yes, you feel insecure. Yes, you don't have all the, the pedigrees and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. If God calls, he equips. He pays for what he orders. And he wants to do that for you. Find out what it is and go after it with all of your heart. Go after it. Seek to do it. And like I said, John could have... He could have just fallen in line. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.